Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Pagans Tonight Radio Network, the voice of the pagan world. Pagans Tonight is sponsored by Witchschool.com, your anyone, anytime, anywhere magical education. And good afternoon, folks. This is an afternoon broadcast, and we're going to be speaking with Alfred Wilhawk and uh, I guess it's the Three Gates Council Gathering. Is that right? Uh, if you have questions, you know, go ahead and, you know, I'll get and uh, we'll be answering some of them. I've, I've seen some of them. Uh, one of the things I want to mention, I want to thank you guys for continuing to this show and uh, out there. We're seeing the top of the show. We're cleaning up the chat. And I'm so proud of that. We will have a lot of more podcasts. If you want to be a guest on our show, let us know. And we will do so. As you know, we bring you the exclusive scoops from the community. And so keep on watching out there on the net. But I want to introduce Alfred Willowhurst as somebody I've, I've known Very dynamic, very interesting individual. And so, Alfred, are you there? I am indeed here. Thank you so much for having me on your show today. And I'm so glad. So we're starting out this decade just right. I mean, um, cause, uh, so before we get started on uh, everything that you do, so people always ask, you know, and this is your chance for comic origin. How did you end up here as a, um, a pagan leader? And uh, I understand you run a retreat and everything else. But how did you get here? Oh, wow. It's a long and convoluted um, journey. Uh, it starts really long ago. However, um, back in 1994, um, I usually like to start with that because um, I had been away from the pagan community for many years and had my own personal crisis in faith um, and ended up reviewing my own life and my own beliefs and realized that um, my, my, uh, how do we say, my um, rebellion against uh, my initial pagan upbringing was silly. And I returned to the pagan faith, like I said, in 94, up in Portland, Maine, of all places, uh, after having uh, read, uh, believe it or not, D.J. Conway's book, Oak Ash Thorn, and realizing that she was saying same the same stuff that I had been taught when I was a teenager, and realizing that, yeah, maybe I should return, uh, which I did. Um, got involved with some local pagans in the Portland area, uh, an eclectic coven, um, went through some ranks with them, and then ended up traveling of all places from Portland, Maine to Lawrence, Kansas, where I was actually running a, a healing circle under uh, Reiki because I had gotten my uh, Reiki mastership um, as I continued to work in with local, with local eclectic pagans um, and then realized and met my my partner, who was Alexandrian and Gardnerian trained, and we began a circle in 2004. Who is that, your partner? My partner is Willow Wellspring. 
Yeah, that's Willow Wellspring. Thank you. Um, thank you for reminding me to say her name. <laughs> um, and she, like I said, she had been trained Alexandrian Gardnerian. And at that point, I uh, began to codify my own Gardnerian training, and which led to the forming of the White Raven Coven in Lawrence, Kansas in 2009, uh, which eventually became the White Raven Church, a 501c3 church, uh, which still exists today, now both in Overland Park, Kansas, and in West Plains, Missouri, where we are now. Um, the, we currently run the White Raven Retreat Center uh, here in West Plains, Missouri. Uh, we're on five acres. We run a sustainable community as well as a training, both 501c3 church and a inner court gardenarian circle. I wouldn't call myself a gatekeeper, although some people um, look at individuals our age that way, and maybe we'll get to talk about that later. Um, however, uh, I do have classical or traditional training, although the church runs in an eclectic fashion. We have individuals that follow Norse paths, uh, Celtic paths, we even have a few uh, Sufis in our group, as well as a couple of what we would, I guess, identify as Christo-pagans, which I know is a uh, kind of a buzzword and also a hot button for some people. And, um, yeah, we have been running Three Gates Gathering for 12 years. It started as the brainchild of Will Wellspring. It's always bad when a bunch of high priests and priestesses get together with mead. And we were all lamenting at how uh, traditions, and that this was 12 years ago now, 12 years ago, saying that uh, traditions were getting too hogtied and too wrapped up in their individuality, and they were forgetting the moniker the, that we use, which is all paths or one path. And um, we were going back and forth, and the high priestesses all looked at each now, other and looked at Andrews and I. Second. Sure. Let me stop you there for one second, because you just brought up an interesting point. I don't want to lose it. Um, so this was about 12 years ago. You, you were talking about how you felt that it was starting that some of the traditions and some of the practice uh, were, were starting to get hogtied or, as you said, it bound. Was that 12 years ago Correct. that you started seeing that? Oh, okay. About what do you mean by that? Yeah. What I mean by that is that I began to see almost a denominationalism of pagan paths, that the Gardnerians were saying that this is the one true path, and Alexandrians were saying this is the one true path, and other groups were saying this is the one true path. And then they were also starting to gatekeeper a bit, saying that, well, if you don't follow a, in, as one example, if you don't follow a heterosexual path, then you can't be part of this movement. Um, and we realized that that was being, – being non-inclusive was going to be problematic. I mean, we were, we were beginning to see that we felt that paganism was uh, turning into a almost Judeo-Christian denominational structure, and we didn't like it. So okay. we wanted to do something about it. <laughs> and, that's, and that's where you started to do your next step, which is great. So go on. Go ahead into back. So that's when you got. Okay. So the twelve gates, the the three gates gathering. Um, we started off with four covens joining us the first year, 
Oh, two Alexandrian covens, one English traditional coven, an Alexandrian coven, and an eclectic coven all came together for a very, very warm weekend in August in Tonganoxie, Kansas at the Guy Retreat Center, where we actually did a mystery school where we didn't talk about our traditions, but we talked about things that were important across all traditions. And it blew up from there, meaning blew up in a positive way. Um, and now we're in our 12th year. Uh, as, you, as you're well aware, uh, the last couple of years, we even the, um, that uh, Reverend Don Lewis and the Corellians have joined us amongst other groups. We've had Norse groups. We've had sword groups. We've had feminist groups. We've had all kinds of groups that, and individuals that just come out here and spend a weekend learning and hanging out. Absolutely. Well, and anyone who knows Don, getting him out into the, out into a uh, camping ground is a, is a rare. I should say Reverend Lord Don. People get me being so irrelevant with titles of <laughs> That's a big thing in our community now is about the idea of titles being so essential. Um, but yeah, as you know, if you know, as Krillins are starting to learn to do a little bit of camping, and and I know we're coming up for Three Gates uh, gathering. It's officially Three Gates gathering. That's right. Um, and so now, so now you've got this festival going, this um, way of getting cross, cross promotion. And well, on, on yourself personally, so I've noticed that this occurrently, you're now here at your, your space. You've got this uh, energy. You've got this festival ground. You've got a retreat land, right? That's correct. And um, so now you've got this uh, center. So. Where are you at today? I mean, so, so with the faith practice members, so where are you at today with it? Well, it's really interesting because um, if we're talking my my personal path, I mean, certainly I am still a Gardnerian third-degree high priest. I mean, that's certainly part of what I am. Um, and I also have some other other things that I've been involved with, both due to, particularly due to blood as well as uh, desire, um, we, personally, I think that uh, we, okay, so personally, I, I run a more eclectic path for myself. Um, however, that doesn't mean that I disregard or that we don't run our traditional Gardnerian coven as well. But what I have found is that many people are confused by what we mean when we talk about tradition and that it's important while tradition is important it's also important for us to realize that spirituality is a personal choice and that when we over religiousize our practice then we lose the spiritual and the energetic connection to what we're doing. Then we become just like any other group. And I find that, I find that repulsive personally. That makes sense. I mean, and that's sort of like um, gatekeeping and everything else. So let's go ahead and talk a little bit about three gates gathering this year. And then I'd, I'd like to get into that subject. Uh, uh, so this is three gates gathering, which I will be there for. I will be attending this festival. Um, 
this will be a challenge. And this is long before it's time to do this trip. We decided this last year. Um, but you, what is the theme this year? Uh, the dates this year? Is that what you're asking, Ed? I'm sorry. You kind of dates broke up. My apologies. Oh, okay. The um, theme is... The theme. Yes, the dates are June 12th to 14th, and it is here at the White Raven Retreat Center in southern Missouri, in West Plains, Missouri. Uh, And the theme Mm -hmm. is Now We Change the World. And the entire focus this year is going to be on how we not only make personal change, because we, we, we do a lot of work in paganism on changing ourselves. And it's important for us to also be focused on how we change our environment, how we change the things around us, how we change the mentality around us. And so last year, sitting around a circle, and Reverend Don was one of the individuals in that circle here at Three Gates last year on Saturday night, we, um, we came up with this idea that this year we would cease talking about personal growth and personal change and talk about the outpouring on how does that get manifested as a beacon for truth in a in a in an ever changing world. That's an absolutely fascinating subject because, um, as you know, I'm a big believer, and we overestimate what we can do in a year and underestimate what we can do in a decade. And I am a firm <laughs> believer that I do. I absolutely. I think that's one of the things. I think so many people, even though they are they're happy and everything else, make that mistake of saying. We need to finish everything in a year, and it's literally impossible to do a lot of that. And so, so how do you see? So, so what are some of the people saying, kind of expect when they come out to this festival? They well, first of all, where's the website at for it? Where can they sign up today? The web- they're like, okay, I'm going to sign up today. Where do they go? They go to threegatesgathering.com. Uh, and uh, right on there is the registration form for both uh, vendors and for participants. Uh, and, of course, now is the best time to do it. Um, one thing to realize is that because not everybody likes to camp, and so mm-hmm. that there are 30 beds available on the campgrounds, on, on the site, and they're in real cabins that are air-conditioned, believe it or not, mm-hmm. uh, with real beds, not camp cots. Um, and so not all of those beds are full yet. So you can actually ask to be given one of those beds. And in early March, we award all the beds, um, basically start with the first person who asks for one and just go down the list until the beds are gone. Um, and other than that, then they can come out to the, the grounds and we have, uh, 50 campsites that are, cut out of our the five acres that are the property. We have a main fire pit that we do our dancing. We have a stage for our musicians. This year we're going to have Brian Henke as one of our musicians, um, as well as uh, Mama Gina Lamonte, uh, who is a, another individual who has come out quite a bit for Three Gates as, as well as coming out and hanging here. Um, so when people come out here, um, they're going to get uh, – Five really, really good meals that uh, we have a, a amazing kitchen staff. Uh, our uh, lead kitchen witch is actually from New Orleans, and she does some really fantastic stuff. Um, 
and all of the meals are included, as well as the camping and all of the entertainment. Um, there are there this year will be a little different than usual, as we said, because of the change in theme. That the speakers all will be speaking still on different topics that are related to how we change the world. And they will be going on. There will be four main tracks this year instead of three. And each and each individual gets to spend three separate workshops to really hone in on their particular topic uh, for the gathering. So it's actually going to be really exciting. Um, you also get to walk our labyrinth and uh, spend some time in our sacred groves. We have the men's grove. There's the women's grove. Um, our labyrinth is full of surprises. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it'll be, it's a fantastic time, Ed. This is – and just to clarify, people, because as you know, me and Don have been talking about the 2030 initiative, which is all about positivity, but it's also about personal land ownership, about this sort of thing. This is owned land that's owned, if I understand right, by your group, and that this is actually – not a campground separate. Like we're not. You're not renting this campground. Hmm? That is correct. That is, this is our sustainable community. Uh, we grow mm-hmm. a lot of our own food. Uh, we have livestock on the property. Um, small livestock. We don't have any cows or goats or sheep yet. Although Willow would love to have them. Um, but we have rabbits and chickens, and we have vegetable gardens. Uh, we have. We're in the center of a bartering community, um, which is both Christians and non-Christian, pagans and non-pagans, and everybody knows everybody, and everybody knows everybody's um, spiritual path, and the bottom line is nobody cares, um, but we share resources as well as help each other out um, in some really fantastic mm-hmm. ways, frankly. That's always an amazing thing. When I always we talk about that, so, so, that, so when you come out to, to camp with this, while it is a festival in and of itself, and do you still consider it a mystery school, or is that something that's now evolved beyond that? No, I would say that we're still a mystery school, uh, although this year um, I think that it will um, be a little bit evolutionary beyond that, um, mm-hmm. at least for this year. We'll see where it goes. You know how it is? Everything evolves, Ed. Everything evolves. <laughs> I believe that. Um, absolutely, everything evolves. I mean, um, I, I, I certainly do believe that that um, that it's an important aspect of this. Um, so, so we're at, so we're out camping at these wonderful people, and I wish I had known Brian Hankey. As you know, we have a lot of videos on Magic TV of Brian Hankey. Not quite as we're seeing him live, and, and Mama Gia. We also have her on film um, as Magic TV, and you know we love playing their music when we do our music shows. We got to do a music show sometime soon. Um, so if you haven't seen Brian, and Brian's uh, uh, the things you don't see on the film, is, uh, it makes Brian worth meeting. He's an exceptionally funny person. Uh, at least I think so. Um, I agree with you. <laughs> um, so, so we got you out there in, in mystery school and things of that nature. Um, so you're also so last year was one of the things I think Oberon Zell was there last year. And he came out of it, That's and one correct. of the things that came out of it, I, and I saw that you guys were kind of doing, which I found really interesting, was the idea of um, the idea of Vision 2020. Is that a part of this, or is this um, 
or is that something yet separate? Well, Vision 2020 is something that, that Oberon came up with, um, and I think that he was working on it separately. Uh, this, uh, what, we're, what we're doing is uh, aligned with it, but is not, it's not technically part of it. Um, we're all part of the gray school. Um, you know, we, we, we all work together. I mean, and I think that's one of the things that's important is for us to realize is that uh, trends and energy, I think the energy toward a 2020, a vision 2020, 2030, I think this, how we're going to go forward in the next decade is absolutely critical. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that our energetic, the energetic movement toward a more positive world uh, is really, I, that's what I'm looking forward to. And I think that it all works together uh, in order to both honor the land and honor each other, as well as those who we would not necessarily call brothers and sisters. Because any kind of division, any kind of divisiveness works against positive growth. And positive growth is what we really, is what Three Gates, what White Raven, and I know um, from my time having spent with Reverend Don and yourself and others in the Karelians, that it's all about not only personal, personal positive growth and the outpouring of that positive growth in our world. I really look at us all as beacons, like a lighthouse, and we're shining this beacon of come join with us, um, honor and respect and personal responsibility across the board. You know, I can I can absolutely agree with that. I mean, that is some of those energies out there. And um, I'm going to explain to a lot of people why the idea of festivals are so important. Because, you know, it's easy, it's really easy to lose track of festivals in the social media world. Um, because probably this radio show is probably going to probably reach, not probably, it will reach thousands of people. Um, unless something happens terribly weird. And uh, thank you for all for listening and, and making it possible for us to continue keeping our positive scores in the social media world. Um, and they go, well, that's, you know, so you're going to reach more people. Why would you spend the time and effort going to, to festivals? Why would you go out to do that if your message can be reached, you know, so easily through Facebook and Twitter and now TikTok? Yes, TikTok, folks. Um, but what what is the value of going to these sort of physical gatherings? Do you have a – I've been trying to explain it, but do you have any answer to that, do you, things that you would feel, why should we go out to these physical um, places and to spend physical time well, with each other? I think spending physical time with each other is important because, yes, it is true that in social media – we have the we we have the ability to connect with each other on one level. However, personal interaction allows for a deeper communion with each other to really feel and mingle our energies in a way that we don't get in social media. I mean, if you think about something like TikTok, which you've got 20 second video spots. Um, and you know it, there there is a group on on TikTok, the witches of TikTok, and so on and so forth. And all of these groups, they can you can get information. Information is easy to get social media wise, both good information and bad information. But when you have a when you can actually sit and breathe the same air as some of these individuals, um, it is 
it gives you more more connection and it gives you the ability to ask questions and to mingle your energies and anytime you mingle energies you can do more stuff in a in, in a bigger way than on social media and that's very interesting cuz you know I'm I'm you know me I'm a big advocate of social media but at the same time I always talk about the exchanging of energies there's quite a bit of difference of hearing me uh hearing us sit around and drinking wine on the thing and hearing us that and having a glass of wine with me and uh yeah, and everybody absolutely. knows that knows Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I, I absolutely. I think about the you and I had had communication electronically for several years, and yet last year at um, Pagan Picnic we got to sit under the awning together and have real conversation. And it it changes it changes your interaction. It changes what you what you feel about another individual, what you feel about a group, how you work together. Um, I love those conversations, and they are a whole lot more in-depth than 20 seconds on TikTok or even a messenger thing on, on Facebook or, or a YouTube video. Um, yeah, personal interaction, I think, is so important. Now, I, I will say this is that a lot of people have a concern about going out to festivals because they don't know a lot of people. Well, that's true. However, the only way you're going to get to know people is to actually go out and meet people. You're not going to get to know them through social media in a real way. The only way to really get to know someone is to spend time with them. Um, there you have it. That's my that's my take on it. Yep. So, and that kind of segues into something that I hear a lot about at festivals, and and we talk about we talked about it a little bit, and probably at Free gates, we'll talk about it more, is the idea of gatekeeping and, you know, kind of clicks. One of the hardest mm-hmm. things I've discovered people who do go to festivals is that they have a hard time connecting. And and it's not just that they're shy. A lot of times, or, and I know people are shy. Don't get me wrong. I have been one of those people who have gone to festivals um, and not be noticed. I mean, people don't even, you know, a lot of people don't notice or something like that. And I'm kind of, yeah, I know people don't believe this, but I'm a kind of a wallflower at times. <laughs> if I'm, it's it's too when I'm not actually being active, or I'm not doing my my what I see as my obligation, I can tend to be very quiet at festivals and at walls. Mm-hmm. And I because I find it very difficult. You know, it's, it's easier now I'm older and I'm known, but when I was young. I found it very difficult at festivals, and, and the truth is, I gave up festivals for a very long time because I found it very difficult. Uh, PSU, you know, I went to Pagan Spirit Gathering. I went a couple of them, and I found myself often alone because I couldn't figure out how to connect with groups. And even when I tried, sometimes the groups would get, you know, like, "Who are you? And what you're doing?" And that sort of uh, pagan paranoia I call that gets in our way sometimes. Um, and so, how do you get past that? I mean, for people who really are going to but it's not just three gates, but St. Louis Pagan Picnic, Pagan Spirit Gathering. There's some, a lot of great festivals, you know, and, and the times that I, you know, because you're at the St. Louis Pagan Picnic usually the week before. Um, I always love that segue because Peggy, uh, St. Louis Pagan Picnic, and then you go right out to three gates. It's great. And then from there, a lot of people then go on to PSG from there. So that it's is amazing. True. Absolutely. Um, it's a really kind of a neat little pass- process. And because I know vendors, and it's a, a, actually a vendor path as much as it's anything. Um, 
how do people get past that, that sort of, that sense of uh, these groups know each other, these people know each other, and they're kind of, you know, like, oh, how do you get past that? It's a really interesting question, Ed, because, and it's one of the questions and things that have, that came up even before we formed Three Gays. One of the ways that we do it at Three Gays is that we all eat together. Uh, our festival runs between 100 and 150 on this property. Our cap is actually 200. We haven't reached it down at this site yet. However, uh, one of the things that's important is that for the leaders, actually, or those who profess to be leaders, to actually mingle with other individuals, especially individuals that they don't know. I Like you, um, when I was younger, I, I also was a bit of a wallflower, although people won't believe that about me. It's taken a lot of work for me to, uh, to coin the Myers-Briggs kind of terms. Uh, originally, I was an INFP, um, which is an introvert. Uh, although I was close to the extrovert line, but to actually extend myself and begin what has become where I am now, it takes a lot of effort on an individual's part. And one of the things I, that I would challenge individuals who go to festivals with is, A, don't be as... I guess have a bit of a rhinoceros hide to an extent because there are people that you're going to go to and they're going to say, well, who the heck are you and why are you hanging out with me and my friends? But then there are others that actually want to communicate across the board and to find those individuals that you don't know and to spend some time with them. Um, and like I said, is that at Three Gates, we, we make a concerted effort to make sure that people mingle, uh, especially in terms of when they go to workshops together, eating together, walking the labyrinth together. Um, And I think that that is one way to do it. I I have to say that um, I I agree with you, Ed, a lot of times. And I'm thinking um, my first couple of times that I went to Pagan Unity Festival, Puff, which is actually the week before – the week before Pagan Picnic, so it's really Puff, Pagan Picnic, Three Gates, PSG, that's kind of how that runs. <laughs> um, and that um, a lot of times is that I would I would hang out in my cabin uh, until I forced myself to walk around and to speak to other individuals, to gather together, having a place where at a festival that facilitates group communication, like we have a large tent here at three gates a big wedding tent where we always have coffee and tea and snacks and so on and so forth for people just to go and sit and talk when they have time um and then walking around and speaking to other individuals as you can um i think you'll find that people at least now um when they come to festival that people are more interested in fellowshipping than we have been in the past i think these that's my personal experience. But, of course, I'm older now like you, so maybe it's just because we're known. But who knows? Well, um, actually, I wonder, so, so I had a very interesting experience with Don at Convocation maybe a year and a half ago where me and Don went as guests. Nobody knew where to go. We, we just wanted to get, you know, get away from something. We, we decided to go to Convocation in Michigan, a great festival. And it was surprising how few – it was very – 
we're more confident now, so we're able to walk around. And of course, Don has no problems contacting with people. <laughs> not at uh, all. Not at all. So, 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 they, so, yeah, we, we, so we had none of that um, with Don. So I always find that very interesting. But it was surprising how few people actually knew who we were, identified us. It was very interesting because people would. Some of the uh, presenters, almost every presenter knew who we were. They go, like, oh, hi, Ed. Hi, Don. And, um, but, you know, most of the people did not. It was very interesting getting conversations and things like that with people where it was not us really talking about it, where we were not. Um, and so I find that very fascinating. And then we get to got to know a lot of people. So trust me, even, even, at, even at the level where I stick cameras in people's faces and we talk to them on microphones, a lot of people still don't know us. I mean, if you and I walked in and we went to uh, someplace, maybe like Panthecon or some of the other places, I bet you know, people would know who we were. You'd be surprised. We're not mm-hmm. – community is not as comprehensive in its knowledge of itself as people think. Hmm? I think that's one of the biggest uh, reasons for and I think that that is a very critical point, Ed. I think that it is absolutely true that our community is way more fragmented than people realize. And as I speak to individuals, even in Facebook groups, that there are groups that have no idea who people are. Um, and I think that on an, on one level is that Unfortunately, I think that, that here, at least here in the States, that, that some people are under the illusion that unless you are super well-known, then you're probably not important. And mm-hmm. being super well-known in the States is more a function of PR and funding than it is about information in a lot of ways. I mean, I mean it's it, I mean, absolutely true that there are people – there are people who are super well-known who are a wealth of information, and I'm not in, in, in any way disparaging our brothers and sisters who are super well-known, because I certainly am not. Um, all I'm saying is that there are a lot of individuals out there um, who have really good PR, and hence they appear to be known better, and it's easier for individuals to actually speak with those. But our community is so fragmented at this point and I wonder sometimes how much of that is a function of the way that we live and how much of it is a function of our own um, insecurity in what we do know. I know I'm opening up a whole can of worms here, Ed, and, and feel free Not to really. shut me down I mean, anytime, I... brother. <laughs> Uh, as you know, Vegas and I, we don't uh, in our my entire thing. I always believe everybody has a right to um, um, should always be able to talk, and that's one of the big things that I want to do this year when I do this filming. Is I I don't want to shut. I think that one of the biggest things to do is think that anyone that um, that anyone has like an obligation to tow a party line. I don't think there is a party line in paganism. Um, as much as people think there might be, there isn't. Uh, I agree is, with that. There isn't, and just, there just can't be because it's really diverse. And, and the pagan umbrella, um, is, while it's getting larger, it also gets tattered from time to time. Um, I know Pantheacon, this is the last year of Pantheacon of all things. And yes, it, I know. it'll be interesting to see. And it's interesting, and I think all things have, have a life. 
trust me, as you know, I did Pegan Expos. We've done a lot of things. We just brought uh, a piece of tape. As you saw our last show, we were talking about the 2030 project. We also talked about the years of the projects we've done and how we do go past them and start building out. So um, on the 5th, I believe I'm talking to Melanie Marquis, who's starting a new festival out of the idea of Pantheon uh, called the Magical Minds Convention, I believe it is. But we'll be talking to her about that. And um, no, I think they're – so getting deeper into it. So one of the things that we've talked about is a little bit about – and I saw it um, recently with another group talking about the idea of gatekeeping, that there's – people have a right to tell people other people how to express their paganism. And to be honest with you, Gardnerian groups I've run into are amongst – the most difficult. And for all disclosure, as everyone knows, I am also a Gardnerian originally and uh, I'm practicing, but I'm also Corellian and first elder. So this is where most of my energy goes. And I'm more of an old fashioned uh, uh, Gardnerian where you don't need to know about it. But I know people get very <laughs> You and I both, brother. You and I both. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I just I had uh, out in Salem recently. Um, somebody who was very, very traditionalist and was criticizing me um, a little bit for Corellianism. They a little bit of gatekeepers, like, how can you be a Corellian? Once they found out that I was Gardnerian, they go, they're not exclusive organizations. But this idea that you have a right because your group has a right to control what – I do believe you have a right to control what happens inside your groups. That's an exclusive. How you handle your groups is your business. There's a lot of people out there who thinks how you handle your group is their business too. I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Even if it's you know that sort of thing, do you find yourself getting that every once in a while? I, I like you. I get the similar scenario from my Gardnerian brothers and sisters, particularly the Hardgar, that you know Gardnerianism is you know. However, with with to to, to not go down that particular path, but I do find that. That's what I was alluding to is that it is – I do not believe that any individual has the right to tell another individual how they run their spirituality. I, I get many questions from individuals who have eclectic – they'll have an eclectic uh, pantheon for those who are pantheistic or polytheistic, and they'll have a, you know, a Hindu god and a Celtic goddess and a – and, and a Greek goddess and, and whatever else. And then somebody will get online to know if you're not of the blood of a particular group, you can't do that. Well, you know what? It isn't true. Um, in all of my years, I believe that the – now, in full disclosure, I'm a pantheist myself. Um, mm-hmm. However, I believe that all of the – that however the divine, whatever name a divine entity, whatever that means to you, comes to you, then that's okay. If you look at my own personal altar, it's rather eclectic. Um, however, in, 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 all, in all ways, you will find that very much that these aspects and these energies are very similar that um, allow for you to process your own spirituality in whatever way works for you. And I think that's what's important. I think that gatekeeping is a disaster. Um, I remember speaking with one individual 
uh, who is a a a a Llewellyn author, and she was saying how she had gone to PSG, and one individual stood up, a traditionally trained high priest in a particular a particular path, who was obviously a gatekeeper, had stood there and said in public at PSG that under no circumstances should you um, allow oneself to go into a group that would be against your own blood. And I think that all of that is pure nonsense, under unequivocally pure nonsense. Um, I don't think that gatekeeping works for us in, uh, in, our larger, in our larger communities. And I think that gatekeeping is going to, dis- if nothing else, is actually going to destroy, um, has the potential to destroy our communities. So let me tell you right now, everyone who says your gods are in your blood, first of all, doesn't understand our blood. Um, today we publish right. publishing a piece. Um, absolutely. And I think I love uh, these DNA tests that show up that we have all these sorts of different parts of our DNA inside of us. Um, uh-huh. But I also think that I, I, I see it as deeply racist. I do. Um, nationalist. Um, ideological. I mean, I do not think that the idea that my skin color or the idea of my inheritance should let me um, be it. So, you know, because, you know, after all, I would then be very much a very, I would be Jewish. I mean, I have a Jewish blood in me. My grandmother was a hidden Jew and she died in Italian Catholic, but we discovered later that she was of Jewish descent that hid it because of the war. So, you know, that's so 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 should I return to that faith, which I have very little in common with, and very little agreement with, or my grandfather's religion, which was he was my grandfather and great grandfather were proud Swedish men, and uh, very interesting. We find that we have a lot more Finnish in us than we thought. My grandfather would hate hmm. that. Um, or do I go ahead with my dad? Who was a, you know very southern. My dad was very southern, and we came over. You know, that sort of we came over literally can track that lineage all the way back to uh, the founders of New England. And so mm-hmm. you know, so what makes us a Heinz American Heinz fifty seven, I always joke. Um, you know, so so those are my religions. Where ultimately, as everybody knows, I'm a pantheist too. I'm a Gaius. Particularly I'm a Gaius and um I have my patrons. Everybody knows I'm Eris's favorite son. Um mm-hmm. you know, once shenanigans that happen, you know, come Come find that. Don't meet him into temptation. I know all the shortcuts. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's true. Um, and recently, um, as everybody's known, we've talked about caffeine, which is there's there are gods dedicated to caffeine, but caffeine is kind of oh, a yeah. modern representation. Huh? Oh yeah, yeah I agree. Uh, I agree. But um, but caffeine is very much a modern. A modernistic god or goddess form. So, okay, so let's take this in a direction and a little bit of a fun one. Have you seen American Gods before you did that? Have you ever seen the American Gods or read the book American um, Gods by Neil Brown? I have, I have read the book. Okay, that's all I need to the concept is. And I love the concept out of there. And I think modern pagans practice this to a certain degree when we talk about the gods, is that the gods that we have in America may echo some of the gods of the old world them are more modernistic, right, is that these gods are mm-hmm. of our consciousness. Like, I love the idea of the you know, techno god, you know, the computer god, 
and uh, some of the old gods, Argus, you know, being very modernized, being able to see the whole internet. And I think that we don't tend to see, I think there's a lot of people who see, don't understand that, that gods manifest themselves according to how they're believed in. And yes. That is, and I think that's a really fascinating idea. And so I think that's something where you're talking to is the idea that you don't really mind that other people have these different ideas of gods as much. Because it's their Correct. version. I don't, I don't care at all. It's their version. It's their spirituality and their version. Uh, it's really interesting because many people know that I do have some indigenous U.S., uh, indigenous Pearl Island um, connections as well. And I remember that back in the early 60s with Nyhart, that Black Elk had spoken. Um, the Lakota elders were very upset with Edmaga and the Rainbow Tribe. Um, and for those who don't remember the Rainbow Tribe, it was that anybody of any color could come and they could learn and hang out and do indigenous, some indigenous type ceremony. And that was Edmaga's thing. And the Lakota elders were very upset with Edmaga. So they went to Black Elk. And Black Elk stood up and Nyhart recorded it and said that any individual who has been, whose grand, whose father or mother were born in the, on this Turtle Island, which we call North America, is then able to connect to Native American structures. Or, and so it's not cultural appropriation. I think that's another issue here that people are so concerned with cultural appropriation and there, that's a lot of this, my blood has to be, if I only have Greek blood, I can only have Greek deities. We have to evolve because we are, as you said, Heinz 57, we're all mutts in this country for sure. Um, our mm -hmm. world is too small for us to play the game of any kind of purity of anything. That smacks of something else that is not very good. When you start talking about racial purity, that's something different. Mm -hmm. uh, then you get involved in eugenics, which is another horrible thing. Um, we allowing each other to believe as we will and as we will accept others and how they believe, then that allows us to move forward in unity um, some people may disagree with me, but I do believe that there is unity in diversity as long as we are focused on the same thing. If we're focused on making our world a better place, and it doesn't matter. I don't care what you call your divine or even if you have a divine. What I care about mm -hmm. is that you care about climate change, that you, that you agree that let's not use styrofoam at the festival and throw it on the ground. Let's use plates and let's get ourselves into the kitchen and help clean some dishes um, and so on and so forth. You've got me on my, uh, you've got me on my uh, soapbox here, Ed. Get me off. Get me off. <laughs> there you go. Well, no, I'm a big fan. I've been a big advocate of, uh, of, of talking about this idea. Um, for me, this has been very much a thing. So once I went to the Parliament of World Religions back in 2018, November, I recognize that they, they explain that things are going to happen. I very much have shifted my attitude, unfortunately, for people from being like an environmental warrior to I'm an environmental Noah. Um, <laughs> there you go. 
A truth. I mean, if you if you understood what I just said, it's a big shift in thought. Hmm? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, and one of the things I think that I'm talking about a lot, and I think that you carry out very well, is that you are out there saving seeds, saving property, saving land, building these sort of sustainable communities. Because I do believe that – I believe two things are going to happen. And I really truthfully tell people this all the time. The cities are going to get more citified. We're going to have – the cities are going to survive. I don't care what you think about what's going to happen to the rest of the environment. The cities, not all of them, but enough of them are going to become more and more built. They're going to become more and more digitized, and they're going to become more and more biological. I'm meaning that they're going to be, they're going to be forced by their own – actions become more self-sustaining and around cities are going to be areas where you're going to see possibly people growing things possibly not it's going to not going to be really great spaces you know either you're in the city or you're not being outside the city is not going to be great or you're going to be and hopefully a lot of pagans out there out in the countryside preserving and protecting that nature um, for a very uh, for a very long period of time, possibly generations, where we're going to have to preserve our seed and our way of life as we progress into what I would call the seventh genesis. I mean, we're going we are in the middle of the sixth extinction event. That's not a question. That's verifiable. You can cl- scream all you want about climate change, but my thing is, we're we have long been in the sixth extinction event, and at some point, that's going to come to an end, one way or the other whether it be human beings or not. And then once that happens, we'll be able to start seeing some of the return and re- rebuilding of property. And uh, I think he, they claim it's a Hopi, and I've heard a couple of different ones, of, of the idea that one day we will realize what's happening and people will awaken, and then we'll be known as the Rainbow Warriors. Um, mm-hmm. And um, The Hopi property of 1910, absolutely. It's one of my guiding and- lights. <laughs> Absolutely. And one of our own high priestess, uh, the, the most reverend Stephanie Neal, Lady Stephanie Neal, um, she had a vision and she says, yeah, we're just, you know, what, you, what we're doing is just beginning. And she goes, well, really, how long is the beginning? And, and this is very important to her. And she was, she kind of freaked out when she said, oh, yeah, you have 12 generations of beginning before you actually get to the real work. You've got, some, you know, you've got 12 generations of just beginning. And people have a hard time thinking that way. And I think... I think pagans more than any other group have the ability to think that way. And I think you're representative, building your land and the seeds and such. So I think it's a message people need to hear. Um, but, so let's go ahead. So if people want to go to Three Gates this year, you go to threegatesgathering.com. That is correct. Or, uh, but if they want to get some teachings from you, what if they want to get teachings from you? What if they, this, this thing, somebody says, this is somebody who should mentor me. And uh, and Willow and some of the other people of your group, how would they contact that through the same site, or is there another way to contact you or talk to you about this? There are there are a couple of other ways to reach us. They can go to whiteraven.org. That's W I T E R A Y V N dot org, uh, and that is another way to reach us. Uh, they can also reach me at alfredwillowhawk.us, and um, those are two of the places that they can actually reach us. If they go to whiteraven.org, W-I-T-E-R-A-Y-V-N.org, 
uh, there's even a phone number listed there that people can actually call the actual church. Uh, and then there is the White Raven Retreat Center, which is yet another, which is spelled the, the, the straight way, the way that normal people spell white and raven, W-H-I-T-E-R-A-V-E-N, retreat.com. Those are all great ways to reach us. Uh, and we are open for visits as well as in the community, as well as if they want to be mentored or taught by us directly. Uh, we're, we're all about that. So give us a shout. Absolutely. And um, absolutely. I think that, that, that's a great piece of it. All right. So, so I want to make sure we got that out there and everything else. So let's go with something a little bit more positive. I mean, so I always ask people, um, so this is my year of magic and miracles. And so, you know, if you have one to share, and I know I'm putting him on the spot. I, as Everybody yells at me for this, so get used to it. If you get on the interview, if you listen, you know I'm going to do it. But what for you, what is probably the most magical thing that you've experienced? And it can be a UPG, unverified personal gnosis, as you know. You don't have to prove it or anything. I tell people this all the time. But what is probably the most magical moment that you can, that you can share with us that you've had? Hmm? Wow. Uh, you know, you really put me on the spot with that one, Ed. Um, hmm. I do that. There are so I many miracles. <laughs> yeah, you do. And you know what? I do it too when I interview folks. So there you have it. Um, hmm. There are so many amazing miracles that have happened in our lives that are so beautiful. Hmm. All right. Let's see here. Let me go ahead. Something well, you know what? Here you go. Here's one. Here's one that actually here here's a really amazing one, and actually has to do very much with this property. Um, we have been on this property since 2012. However, uh, in 2011, the the divine had had put uh, Willow and I on the road for most of 2011. And we really didn't know where we we were going to be living in 2012 uh, or what we were doing. All we knew is that we really wanted a sustainable community that we wanted to build that was saving seeds and living close to the land and living in a pagan environment that we were hoping to create for ourselves. And we didn't know how we were going to do it because we didn't have any money and we didn't have any idea or anything. So we were uh, in our in our minibus, and we were down in Jonesboro, Arkansas, after having been on the circuit down here in the south for a while. And we get a phone call from someone that we had met um, two years previously in Columbia, Missouri, of all places, who said, hey, I just bought this property in West Plains, and I want you guys to check it out. And we'll say, well, we got to kind of go through West Plains in order to get back to Kansas, so we may as well stop there anyway. You know, it's about two hours from there, so that'll be fine. And so we get to this property, and the guy stands here, and his name is uh, Stephen Galbraith, and he said, okay, um, what do you think of this property that I just bought? And I said, well, it's a beautiful five-acre property. It's got a barn and a main house, and there's some stuff that really needs to be fixed with this, but, you know, I can, we could see some potential here. He said, great. How would you like to have this for the church? And that's how we got this property. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. Um, that's excellent. I mean, wow. 
I don't know what to say about that other than, wow, that's great. And so, uh-huh. and, and there you go. And there you go. You have the property, and you you all get a chance to really kind of view it and to be a part of it and come out to Three Gates Festival to, to, to kind of form them. And uh, I'm looking forward to it myself. So um, in closing today, no, we're, we're coming to the top of the hour, as, as, and wow, it was a fast hour, as you know. Uh, so Brian Hankey is going to be there. Hey, everybody know we know we love Brian. Um, oh yeah, Mama Jesus music. There's going to be, of course, uh, Reverend Don, which is always it will be interesting as always to see him out in the countryside. And uh, I will exactly. be there. There's Byron, correct, and Byron Ballard will be here as well as one of our major speakers. Byron. Uh, yes, Byron Ballard will be here, and we're still negotiating with a few others uh, in terms of musical acts as well. Uh, we have some. We have a fire dance troupe that's coming up from Jonesboro to uh, to uh, to do their fire dance thing uh, around our fire uh, during the festival. And yourself, of course, which is amazing. And uh, I'm looking forward to uh, having a fantastic time. And I really want your listeners to realize that we, because we were talking about this earlier, we really strive that this is a time and a place for people to be able to interact with individuals that they may not get to interact with on a regular basis. And wow. please come out to three gates and hang with us because there's plenty of time right. to hang and <laughs> plenty of time to hang. And there's always the Boy, margarita Saturday night. <laughs> so, and I just missed this point of all. And if you want to hear Alvin, you do your own podcast, which I remember I'm a big advocate of podcasting and transmission of information, like we talked about earlier. You do your own podcast as well. I do indeed. I do indeed. And um, where do people find I am that? on that is on thecauldron.net, uh, which is WCAS.db. Uh, it is currently on vacation. Uh, it will be picking up again the third week of January with actually a brand new show. Um, and that it's actually, which is very funny, based upon this conversation today, Ed, and I want your listeners to know that we did not prearrange this to happen, but that podcast, that, that new show, which will be every Friday night at 9 p.m. Eastern, uh, is called, at this time, it's Millennial Warriors, Now We Change the World. And it is all about outward focus on how we can affect change. I remember I'm a telepathist, and I believe that we all live in a communal world of information. So, of course, we're sharing these thoughts. And we have these thoughts out there, too. It, does, it makes absolute sense to me. And, of course, one last piece, because I would be remiss not to mention it. You can, you're also going to be – I, I, I just saw that you're going to be hanging out with us at the Corellian Lust Station in New Orleans. I, I saw that. Indeed. That is so absolutely true. I, <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, so we're definitely – you're right. We're going to get to hang out there. Uh, myself, uh, Willow Wellspring, and also Rowan Fayfire. Um, we have been asked uh, to do a series of workshops. Uh, Willow is a master herbalist. She's doing a workshop on dark mother herbs. Uh, uh, Rowan is a massage therapist and a vibrational therapist. She's doing a workshop on vibrational healing and vibrational meditation, vibrational expansion. 
And I'm doing two mm-hmm. workshops, one that is related to the podcast that we just talked about, um, which is our Warriors of Millennium, and my second one, which is more fun, which is Myths for the 21st Century. Yes, you can create them yourself. <clears throat> it's a lot changing this year, folks. you got to get a lot of chances to come out and sit. And so uh, thank you for being with us today and uh, sharing all of this. And uh, and um, and if you've been listening to this, you want to share it with your friends. Remember, once we go, once this thing goes off the air in about five minutes, you'll be able to hear it. And along with our other three thousand one hundred and two, this is three thousand one episode three thousand one hundred and two episodes of the Pagan Tonight Radio, and they're all available for you to listen to. And so we want you to hear this, share it. I think this was a really fantastic moment. Well, thank you, Alfred, for being with us today. Well, thank you so much, Sir Ed, for having me on your show, and I look forward to our continuing conversations, my brother. And me, and I as well. And so, just as go, so enjoy, folks, and remember, just go ahead and sign up if you want to follow me. It's edthepagan.com. You can check out our things. Find me anywhere as Ed the Pagan. You can find us everywhere. And if you're out there and you know you have something to say, come say it to me. I want to hear what you have to say. And good night, folks. Bye. Bye, all.